G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. There are people out there waiting for someone to show them the way. Are you ready to be used by God? There may be someone God wants you to talk to. Pastor Greg Laurie says we need to be available. Sometimes we're saying, well, I, you know, I want to do something great for God. I'm going to cross the sea and be a missionary. Hey, why don't you start by crossing the street? The harvest is everywhere. You don't have to cross the ocean. Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look. The fields are ripe to harvest. This is the day when the lost are found. Join us today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. If you like his practical nuts and bolts instruction, well, you've come to the right place. Pastor Greg is bringing some of his most effective insight on sharing the gospel with those around us, something that for a lot of Christians is scary. It's a message called Evangelism, Jesus Style. called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are. I don't know why God has chosen it, but the fact of the matter is the primary way God has chosen to reach lost people is through the verbal communication of the gospel message. It's for people to speak to people. And here in John 4, we see Jesus doing exactly that with a woman. Now we call her the woman at the well. We don't know her name. I'm sure she had one. But this woman really messed up her life. Uh, She was not an educated woman. I don't think she had any understanding of Scripture. She made a lot of bad decisions. And most of them were involving men. In fact, this girl was married and divorced five times. Now that's pretty radical for back then. Nowadays, eh, not so radical. And that day, scandalous. Frankly, this woman at the well reminds me of my own mother, except my mom beat her. My mom was married and divorced seven times. But she was searching, just like the woman at the well. I want you to see how Jesus reached out to her so we can learn how to be a bridge instead of a barrier to people coming to Christ, how to be a stepping stone instead of a stumbling block. And here's Jesus engaging this woman. Let's read about it. John 4, starting in verse 3. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour, that's 12 noon, And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. 
Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, would ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said, if you knew the gift of God, who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. I was walking down the street in Hawaii years ago. We were doing a crusade there at the Aloha Stadium. And I'm on the main drag called Kalakaua Boulevard. And there's a guy standing there with a sign. And on the sign, written in big, bold letters, the wages of sin are death. And he even had flames drawn on it. And he's yelling at people, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. I'm thinking, ay, 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 you know? So I walk up to this guy and I say, excuse me, you're going to hell, you're, excuse me, you're going to, excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah, and he's kind of up on the steps, I'm looking up and I'm kind of thinking that maybe on the back of your sign you could put the rest of the verse, the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he could flip it back and forth periodically tell people the good news. And he said, I was going to hell. He, was, he didn't want to listen to anybody. <laughs> so um, I killed him. Now let me explain. <laughs> I wasn't happy with him. I didn't do anything. That's the wrong way to do it. I want you to notice how Jesus tactfully and gracefully engages this woman by asking her for a drink of water. Verse 13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but if you drink of the water... I give you'll never thirst again. You see, he is entering her world and he's establishing contact. But notice something else. He starts by saying, could I have a drink of water? Now, who is Jesus again? Oh, right, God in human form. <laughs> so if he wanted a drink of water, could he have had one all on his own? Water. <laughs> That's a sound effect of water. <laughs> or he could have said, Waterfall. No. Excuse me. Could I have a drink of water? What was he doing? He was showing a vulnerability, appealing to her curiosity, not coming off as a know-it-all. See, this is one of our problems. We come off as a know-it-all. A person's explaining their view. What do you think about this? Well, I think, oh, that's so stupid. Listen, let me tell you, and then we begin, you, you know, go on and we just lost the person. They don't even care what we're saying. They want to terminate the conversation and get away from you. Listen, you're not better than anybody else, and nor am I. I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. Now, I may be better off than people, but I'm not better than them. So you come in humility, and you bring the message to them. Uh, Steve Wilburn, who you all know, uh, will often start a conversation with a stranger with these words, did you know there's a God in heaven who loves you? Uh, I've watched him do this many times. Sometimes uh, in some awkward situations, like in line at a coffee place with 12 people behind you go, did you know there's a God in heaven who loves you to the barista? And I'm thinking, Steve, come on, let's, let's move this thing here, do you know? And it's amazing, though, they'll be like, no, I didn't know that. No one's ever said that, thank you. Or they'll be like, oh, I I'd forgotten that. Thanks for sharing that. Sometimes they'll say, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but most of the time, they're pretty responsive. And I've seen Steve lead people to the Lord. I went out one afternoon. We were out riding Harleys, a few pastors and I, 
And uh, so we went to this Mexican restaurant. So we order and Steve says to the waiter, has anyone ever told you working here in this Mexican restaurant taking an order that there's a God in heaven who loves you? The guy's like, no, no one's ever told me that. So we're all kind of watching. Okay, so we order our food and then the server comes back and, and the pastors are having a theological, not a debate, but we're talking about all kinds of minutiae, you know. Steve keeps talking to this guy. Yeah, and the guys didn't even notice. The pastors were unaware of what was happening with Steve and the server. So by the time we finished our meal and the pastors are still talking, Steve is literally praying with this guy to come to Christ right there on the spot. And, uh, and I... I interrupted the conversation and said, guys, did you see what just happened there? Uh, he just led that guy to the Lord. Oh yeah, really? Okay, back to our conversation again. See, to me now, this is a picture of the church. We're so busy having our in-house debates and discussions. We're missing. There are people out there waiting for someone to show them the way. Sometimes they're saying, well, I, you know, I want to do something great for God. I'm going to cross the sea and be a missionary. Hey, why don't you start by crossing the street. <laughs> Newsflash. The harvest is everywhere. You don't have to cross the ocean. It's everywhere. Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look. The fields are ripe to harvest. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Thanks for joining us today. Now, sometimes when we share the gospel, people will get us off the main point, intentionally or unintentionally. They'll sidetrack us, change the subject. What do we do? Let's continue now with this message from Pastor Greg, Evangelism Jesus Style, with some very practical principles on sharing our faith most effectively. Evangelism Jesus Style means we stay focused. We stay focused. Now this woman tried to get Jesus off of the subject. She says in John 4.20, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say in Jerusalem is the place of worship where one ought to worship. Now that's interesting. Because... There's almost a little bit of inflammatory rhetoric here. The Samaritan saying, and you Jews, Jesus could say, what would what, you say? What are you talking about, Willis? You know what? <laughs> he wouldn't go there with her. She's getting into some debate, a debate that's been going on for years. Where should God be worshiped? In Samaria and their temple or in Jerusalem and the temple God established? Well, to the point, the correct answer was Jerusalem. Jesus could have debated that with her. But it's interesting how he sidesteps the issue and he says to her, listen, God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, interesting topic. I don't want to get into that. And he gets back to the core issue. I bring this up because sometimes you're sharing your faith and a person will interrupt you and say, yeah, but wait a second. Uh, how could a God of love send someone to hell? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what about the person who's never heard the gospel? Will God send them to hell? Wait, wait. There's so many contradictions in the Bible. Okay, what do you do? Okay, to the best of your ability, answer the question. One thing I like to say to a person who says there's contradictions in the Bible as if I have a Bible, say, well, I've got a Bible right here. Why don't you show me one? They don't know a contradiction in the Bible. Those are just defense mechanisms they've learned to make you go away. But maybe they'll bring up something, answer it, if you can. If you don't, tell them you get back to them. But then get it back to the main subject again. And that's what Jesus does. He brings it back to the main subject so she will not get off track. Now, Sometimes you're going to have people that you're sharing with and it's going to look as though they're ready to believe and they don't believe. 
And then there's going to be times when you're sharing with a person and you don't even think they're going to believe and they will believe. And that's when you want to close the deal. And I'm going to talk about that in my next message. But let me just conclude by saying this. Uh, this woman did believe this day. This woman had her life transformed by Jesus Christ because he entered her world, he built a bridge to her, he lovingly and clearly gave her the answers she had been searching for. I mentioned a few moments ago that she reminded me a lot of my own mother. My mom, Charlene, uh, was married and divorced seven times, as I pointed out. Now, she was raised in a Christian home by my grandparents, uh, Charles and Stella McDaniel, and they went to church three times a week. So my mom kind of had a drug problem. Her parents drug her to church. <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And then they would invite people from the church over for Sunday dinner. So my mom was around this her whole time. And she was a beautiful young girl. And she wanted to get out of that house. She was a rebel in her heart. And so she couldn't wait and one day she found some young man who was willing to marry her and my Aunt Willie, uh, her sister, helped her pack her suitcase and my mom ran off with this young guy and eloped and she never looked back. And that marriage quickly ended and then she moved on to her next marriage and to her next one. And uh, so she was already on the trajectory. She was a major alcoholic but because of her major beauty she was never at a shortage for men. Now fast forward and her story is reaching a predictable end. All that drinking has taken its toll. One night she got in her 65 Mustang and was cruising down Jamboree Boulevard in Newport Beach and jumped over the divider and had a head-on collision with another car. It, it almost killed her. Her beautiful face was now somewhat disfigured. Uh, you would have thought that would have been the wake-up call and she would have stopped drinking. No, she continued to drink and carry on. Now fast forward and my mom is 70 years old and she looks like she's 90. She's having kidney failure. She's having to get dialysis three times a week and she was miserable. So the Lord spoke to my heart one day and to go share with her. Now trust me, I'd shared with my mom so many times. And whenever we would talk about the gospel, here's what she would say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. She'd just terminate the conversation. I don't want to talk about it. So one day the Lord placed it on my heart to go have the conversation with her again. I told my wife, Kathy, I've got to go see my mom now. She agreed. We prayed. I went over. I sat down at the table. I said, Mom, I want to talk to you now about your soul. She says, I don't want to talk about it. I said, today we're going to talk about it. Okay, we're going to finish this conversation. I just laid it out. And again, told her what it meant to follow Christ. And, and much to my shock, she responded and ultimately made a recommitment to Jesus Christ. That's the good news. We're thankful for that. How was I to know that one month later she would die? I had such hope. I thought, oh, my mom has finally come to the Lord. It's going to be so great having her in the church and watching her grow spiritually. No, the Lord spoke to my heart because she was right at the edge of eternity. Sometimes God will speak to you. Go have that conversation. Oh, I don't want to. It's so awkward. It's so hard. Especially with family members. Am I right? They're the hardest to reach. But you need to do it. Well, now fast forward a number of years and my mom's been in heaven. Her last husband she was married to was named Bill. And uh, 
So someone called me up and said, Bill's very sick. He, he may die. He may die in the next day. Could you go see him? And I was on my way to trip. I was going to get in a plane and fly and speak somewhere. And I was actually late. And I had to go. And I said, um, you know, maybe I'll come by tomorrow and see him. And uh, I will come tomorrow for sure. And then I'm driving. And all of a sudden, God spoke to my heart. You go there now. <laughs> Went over there. I walked in the room. There's Bill laying there. I mean, he was at death's door. My goodness. And, and I just said, Bill... I want to just once again share with you what it means to believe in Jesus. And I shared the gospel with him one more time, which he had always been resistant to. And he prayed with me and committed his life to Jesus. I was saying, oh, I'm so glad I went. I got on the plane. I arrived at my destination where I was preaching. I got a text on my phone. Bill just died. See what I'm saying? You don't know when you're going to die. And you don't know when the person that God is leading you to speak to is going to die. So these are things that need to be done. And we need to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So let's make sure that we're saying, Father, I, I'm available and I'm listening and I'll go where you want me to go and I'll say what you want me to say to who you want me to say it to. Lead me, I pray in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we've heard your word now. And we all know somebody we need to go to. I'm certain that at this moment as we're praying this prayer, that person is jumping into our mind because your Holy Spirit is placing them there. Maybe it is our mom or our dad or our son or our daughter or our brother or a sister, a cousin, an uncle, an aunt, that neighbor, that coworker, the person we just met for the first time that person we're going to meet before the day is over. And we're going to sense that nudging from the Spirit. You're not going to force us to go, but you're going to lead us to go. And we're praying that we will be responsive. So Lord, like Isaiah, we would say, here I am, send me. Use me today. Use us today to go into all this world and preach the gospel. We commit ourselves to you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Greg Laurie with some important insight today on the privilege and responsibility of sharing the hope of Christ with those around us. It's a charge that we've all been given. Well, next time, Pastor Greg will highlight the importance of our personal story in sharing the hope of Christ with others. We'll see that our personal testimony is an important tool in our evangelism toolbox. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Evangelism Jesus Style. Now, if you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.